Welcome to the Lodge Real Estate Home Truths Podcast. Join us as we speak the truth about home ownership, the housing market, and the place we call home, Hamilton. Come on in and make yourself comfortable. Welcome, you've tuned into Lodge's Home Truths Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Smith, residential and lifestyle real estate consultant at Lodge Real Estate. Now today you could say we're going to do some self-reflection on our industry by sharing some insights into real estate as a career. Real estate is a career path that is littered with stereotypes and many misconceptions about agents in particular, but we at Lodge firmly believe that it's one that can offer a lot of opportunities to those who take them and are passionate about property and people. Today I'm joined by two of our more fresh-faced agents. Blair Poynton and Christina Emson, welcome, as well as our Managing Director, Jeremy O'Rourke, for a more seasoned perspective on the industry. Thanks for that, Megan. They're going to um, share some home truths about what it takes to make it in real estate, which might just help you navigate your own career path. Well, welcome, guys, and thanks for coming along today. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So uh, before we launch into it, let's attend to our regular feature, Two Truths and a Lie. I'm going to get each of you to share three statements, and at the end of the podcast, we'll uncover which is in fact fact and which is fiction. So, Blair, let's start with you first. Yeah, so uh, first one I've got there is um, buying your own property is easier when you're a salesperson. The second one is if you work hard, it can be one of the best paying jobs around. And the third one is buyers and sellers don't take you seriously when you're too young in the industry. Thanks for that, Blair. Christina. All right, my three. So the first one is you are able to start working as an independent salesperson immediately upon receiving your real estate license. Um, The second one there is you can work with a real estate agent when looking to purchase a property, not just sell, and it comes at no cost to you. And then the last one is teams within real estate are all set up in varying ways and can be structured completely different from one another in regards to pay. Fantastic. Thank you. Very well thought of. And you, Jeremy? Thanks, Megan. First one, you have to have grown up in Hamilton to be successful in real estate. Second one, you have to have the gift of the gab if you want to be successful in real estate sales. And finally, a strong sense of work ethic and resilience are amongst the top habits for a real estate performer. (laughs) Nice. Thanks, Jeremy. I know I'm going to have to think about some of those answers there. So getting into it, we'll kick off with you, Jeremy. How did you make your start in real estate? And dare I ask how long ago that may have been? Uh, It was over 25 years ago, Megan, and Alex was only six months old. We really wanted to stay in Hamilton and for me to continue in the career that I had, I would have needed to have gone overseas. So I had a background in sales and marketing, so real estate seemed like a natural fit for me. And were you encouraged on that front to take the leap into real estate? Well, my father-in-law owned half of Lodge Real Estate, so it was quite encouraging that I get into real estate sales, I'd say, yeah. Very encouraging, a clear pathway, you might say. Uh Fantastic. And was there anything that you wish someone had told you from day one? Not really. I got really good training when I came into Lodge Real Estate. I was surrounded by really good mentors and managers. Richard Lindsay uh, was there, so he gave me really good direction. Some of the great habits that I learned and some of the real lessons that I learned back then were play the long game, make this a game for life, value relationships over transactions, put a buyer a day in your car 
and add a person a day to your database. And they really served me well, particularly in the first few years of selling. Fantastic. And I suppose that leads us nicely into the next segue, which is what do you look for personally when you're recruiting new agents? Yeah, it's a really good question because one of the things, well, we do notice a lot of the salespeople that we have and a lot of our really strong performers didn't come from a sales background. So we're really looking for people that we can train in sales and in in real estate sales in particular. So the first thing that we look for are really deep-seated self-belief and Within that, they have to have a lot of resilience. They've got to be able to bounce back because there is a lot of disappointment in the um, business. So I think that's really important, a really strong work ethic, the ability to learn and self-awareness, as well as lots of energy and enthusiasm. A A passion for real estate seems to be helpful, but it doesn't seem to be essential if they've got that energy and enthusiasm Um, and really good organisational skills. So good time management and project management skills. I think the ability to develop trust and nurture relationships, so having strong integrity, those would be the factors that when we're sitting at an interview chatting to someone we're actually looking for, if we know if they've got those traits, we'll be able to train them to sell. Fantastic. Thank you. There were a lot of variables that you mentioned there, and and I suppose one of the things that you talked about earlier was that people get into it and play the long game. So how can you tell when you're recruiting someone whether they have that mindset? It is difficult. Two things that are difficult to assess. One is that ability to to have that mindset and also to understand their work ethic. So a lot of the questions that we're asking are based on, you know, them growing up and then looking at some of the things that they uh, might have done that tell you that they developed relationships over the, the long term or that they were prepared to actually go out and do things that took a long time and they would actually persevere at them to get them done. Uh, We're looking for that sort of, those sorts of stories in their background to just determine what that will look like going into real estate. And how important is it for salespeople that you take on to be Hamilton-centric? I don't think it's important at all. In fact, we've got uh, two or three in our top 10 who have only been in Hamilton, you know, in their adult lifetime and some of them for not very many. I think Jasmeet Singh has only been here. He'd only been here five or six years before he joined us and in nine months made our top 10. So I don't think it's a uh, an important factor at all, but the ability to go out there and network and to build networks very, very quickly sure. is really, really important. Thank you. What were your first thoughts, if you can cast your mind back briefly, Jeremy, to meeting our our two other guests, Christina and Blair, at the start of their careers? Perhaps Uh, you could start with um, the positives first. Let's start with Christina. So loved Christina right right from the start. She was smart. She was organised. She was personable. She had stuck at a four-year degree. She was joining us in marketing specifically to make it a stepping stone into a, a selling career. She wanted to actually understand the business before she took the leap into sales. And that taught us a lot about her. So we were quite confident that um, after spending time within the organisation that she would actually make a good salesperson. Blair, he was terrific. He had a, a maturity that belied his years it liked talking to him, but he looked like he's 14 years old. Right. And so <laughs> I said to Grant, who was his, uh, the manager who was forwarding him at the time, I said, look, he's good, but is he old enough? And Grant simply said, look, Jeremy, if he's good enough, he'll be old enough. Don't worry about it. And credit to Grant Patterson. He was right. 
Blair had wonderful work ethic and he was able to instill confidence in people who were a lot older than him just because of the way that he conducted himself, certainly not because of the mature looks that he possessed. <laughs> you actually reminded me of um, the interview process uh, in your last result there, Jerry. Oh, what happened? Yeah, about how unorthodox his actual interview, you know, interview process is. You know, you go in there expecting a, such a normal interview and come out there going, what has this happened for half an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to that. Yeah. But you obviously, Blair, have a really special skill in being able to very quickly build trust with the people that you work with. Yes, no, for sure. No, it's one of those things that, you know, I just treat people how I would like to be treated if I was in, you know, the roles reversed and it's something that, you know, I think you can pick up on very easily when you do that. So if we can take a step back a bit, Blair, how did you find real estate? What made you decide to step into the industry? So at the time, I'd just finished an uh, engineering apprenticeship doing stainless steel welding. So a bit different to wearing a suit and what I'm at uh, now. But it was one of those things that I came to sort of a crossroads and it was, do I go overseas, you know, and earn more money? Or again, do I stay in the city and do something a bit different? So um, always enjoyed sales, always in enjoyed interacting with people, you know, throughout my whole childhood was always buying and selling, you know, cars, motorbikes, things like that, and just enjoyed the whole process. So when it actually came to the time, I was family friends with Grant Patterson, who sort of, you know, pushed me along in the way of real estate. I was sort of a bit unsure about it at the time, just mainly because of the age. I was still left school at 16. I was only 20 years old and still felt a little bit inexperienced in that role. So obviously had interviews and just sort of thought, well, hey, I'll jump in the deep end and give it a go. And if it doesn't work out, well, nothing, you know, lost, nothing gained. And how did you deal with your first year in real estate? Because that can be quite a rush, can't it? And it's a pretty hectic time while you're learning. Yeah, well, um, probably one of the, the main things that I, you know, I wish I'd definitely taken accounting in school because, uh, you know, just trying to get your head around being 20 years old, trying to get your head around running a business all of a sudden, you know, it was actually quite a big thing. It's not just being a salesperson straight off the bat, you know, it's everybody runs their businesses differently and you've got to actually work out, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? As well as trying to get listings and sell houses. So my first year, I, I sort of focused majority of where I was putting my sort of attention to buyers. I was in an office where we had a lot of older agents that, you know, enjoyed um, holidays and weekends off. It was a great opportunity for me to pick up on those sorts of opportunities that arose in my first year because meeting those buyers and having those extra interactions is a huge difference to getting a step ahead of an industry. It's a good point that you make because, you know, the taking of opportunities and the courage to get into the industry points to, you know, a certain type of someone that has a growth mindset, which is probably pretty important that first year in real estate especially, isn't it? Yeah, no, growth's, growth's definitely a, a big thing. You know, it's one of those things that when you get in real estate, everybody wants to have their face on a listing. Whereas, there, you know, within Hamilton, we've got such a great arrangement to be able to, you know, sell to a wide range of buyers and actually deal with buyers, you know, to selling other agents' listings as well. So it's one of those things that there's a huge opportunity there that I think sometimes missed and buyers eventually sell down the track. So it's a great way to get a head start. And Blair, you touched on the learning early on in that first year in, in your career. What keeps you energised to go to work each day? Probably I'm a very competitive person. That's just something within my nature. You know, if I go bowling, 
I want to win, you know. So it's just one of those things that no matter what I do, I always, you know, like to be competitive and not to a stage where it's, you know, completely overpowering, but it's just one of those things that, you know, someone else has sold a listing down the street and I've got a similar listing and it's a similar type house, I want to get more money for it for my vendor, you know. So it's just one of those things that I think there's a financial gain that comes with it, but I think um, as you go along in the job, it's actually you get a real sort of adrenaline kick out of, you know, getting a sale across the line helping a vendor sell that property that another agent couldn't sell or getting an exceptional price that was thought unimaginable. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. One of the things you touched on earlier is that you had wished that you'd done accounting because running your own business requires that particular set of skills. How widely known do you think it is for people coming into the industry that as real estate consultants, you're actually an independent contractor? Yeah, so it's a great opportunity to start your own business. It doesn't take much to get it started. You know, you require very little to get going. Just enough in the tank, you know, to obviously pay for your day-to-day expenses and somewhat a reasonably all right vehicle because that's the face of your business. But apart from that, you know, as long as you've got a good work effort, you can keep going and um, create a really good opportunity. And I think it's one of the best opportunities around to be able to start a business with very little outlay. That's great. That's so true, actually. Uh, On entering the industry, I had a approximately 11-year-old V-dub Passat. It's not with me now, but (laughs) it's sad to see it go. So, Christina, turning to you now, it'll be great to get your perspective as someone who's pretty new to agent life. What was your journey? Thanks, Megan. So, as Jeremy mentioned earlier, I was um, at university and I did a four-year bachelor's degree in marketing and strategy. Funnily enough, I had actually always kind of thought about real estate, but I knew that I just wanted to get a degree behind me first and then kind of go from there. I was working within my field, so I had a marketing job and it was great and I really enjoyed it. However, I think something that I always knew was that I would like to end up in a commission-based role. I just felt as though being in a salary role, I was always kind of capping myself. And as someone who sort of prides myself as the type who works excessively hard at what I do, I always wanted to be in a role where the harder I worked, the more I could um, be rewarded for that. So I guess I kind of had this perception of real estate as, um, you know, getting into a sales role and I could potentially do that. So once I um, decided that I did want to do my real estate license, I got in touch with Jeremy because I knew um, Alex, Jeremy's daughter. We um, went for a coffee and had a chat and um, Jeremy basically offered me a role then and there to um, join the administrative team for Lodge. And whilst I was working, I could also be studying my licence. And then once I became certified, I could then look at um, moving into a sales role. So that's pretty much how I got here. Great answer, Jeremy. No wonder you recruited her so quickly. Really, really impressive, Christina. So how was your first year tracking, do you think? Yeah, it's going really well. It definitely presents its challenges for sure being in um, the current market that we're in. I think last year I was in the marketing role and so I saw how crazy the market was for the agents, um, you know, about a year ago. And then now transitioning into um, the way that it is now, it's definitely, you know, a, a wee bit slower than what it was, say, six to eight months ago. But I've definitely really enjoyed it, that's for sure. Um, there are definitely some things that you have to get used to 
Previously, I've been in a role where I've pretty much just been working eight to five. You know, you're bound to uh, a desk all day and you're now in a role where um, your hours are sort of here, there and everywhere. Um, you don't have a consistent income being um, solely based on commission. So there definitely are some challenges that it presents, but I've been really enjoying sort of the variability of my work day to day, that's for sure. Wonderful. It's interesting you talked about the market being very dynamic and changeable and I think that's one of the things that perhaps draws people to real estate too is that it's fast-paced, hugely changeable, full of opportunities and it's that dynamicism which often gets us out of bed on a daily basis. So look, this one is a question for all of our guests. What do you love about working in real estate? Let's perhaps flip back to you, Jeremy. What I love at the moment is I come to work with quality people every single day. As Blair mentioned, he's competitive. Most of them are um, competitive. They get out there, they want to do their very best for their uh, vendors. They want to make the most of the opportunity that is in front of them. That can create its own issues and pressures at times, and we're there to make sure that uh, those issues and pressures can be dealt with. The way the company views um, itself is it views the salespeople as our customers and we offer them a range of services from financial to marketing to administrative to supervision services and it's up to us to come and polish those services every single day to make sure that there's nothing in the way of a salesperson engaging with uh, their buyers and their sellers as much as possible on any given day. Thank you for that, Jeremy. And what about you, Blair? I suppose the big thing for me that I love about the job is that every day is different. You come to work and, dare I say it, you can have an amazing day or you can have an awful day. And I think every salesperson in the job has an awful day about once a month. But I think it's the ability to come back and you can literally wake up the next day and sell three houses. You know, So it's one of those things that it's just a job that no two days are the same. You get to meet so many different personality types so many different people in so many different environments. Also, again, you know, coming back to that competitive list, I just love the fact that whatever you can put in, you get out of it. So it's one of those great jobs where, you know, it's completely up to you how you make your day worthwhile or whether you make it not worthwhile. Yeah, and one of the things Jeremy talked about earlier was that need for resilience when recruiting, and you've touched on why that might be necessary. Uh, it's funny, isn't it, too, because you often think of every day as a new day. Some days in real estate, you have to think every hour is a new hour. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and take it a bit more short term, <laughs> perhaps. And what about you, Christina? Oh, I think the boys have both probably covered it off for me. I think in regards to no two days being the same, it can definitely be a blessing and a curse in itself. But I really enjoy the fact that um, my days are extremely varied. Yeah, like Blair said, you're meeting a lot of other people and also just kind of how I touched on it earlier about, you know, the harder you work, the more you're going to get out of it. So if you're someone who really backs yourself and you're prepared to put the work in, um, I do think being in a role such as a salesperson in real estate is something that can be really um, advantageous to you. Thank you. And, you know, people often talk about the fact that real estate, you know, as, as a consultant, you're going to be working weekends and you'll be working evenings. And by and large, that can be true. But do you think that those factors are the enablers for actually flexibility and autonomy in your professional life? I think that's exactly right. Megan, you, you get to choose the the hours that you're actually working. Given the 
type of salespeople that we have working for us, they seem to want to choose every hour to, to work. So it's really important that they have regular breaks and that they actually understand how they recharge themselves, whether that's a regular break in a day or whether that's actually uh, working for so many days on end and then taking some time out. I think they all use that flexibility just to manage their own energy levels to make sure that they're at uh, the very best that they can be every day that they're actually at work. Yeah. Now I'm going to put you on the spot a bit here, Blair. I wonder if you, and I, I know it's tightly held secret, especially for folk in the, the top 10 of their industry in the city, but are you able to share with us some of your secrets to why you're successful in sales and real estate? Yeah, no, absolutely. There's no real secrets here. We're all, all friends. Um, so I suppose one of the biggest things that I found when I sort of got started is that a lot of people that didn't know me actually wanted to deal with me, but a lot of people that knew me, whether it be, you know, um, friends, parents and that type of thing actually didn't want to deal with me because they'd, they'd known the kid that, you know, obviously had grown up around their children and things like that. So I think one of the biggest things for me was um, coming up with a real solid plan of, you know, actually putting myself out there and marketing myself to the city. So, you know, I think I was one of the original people that started doing busback advertising in the city, really took a huge investment into social media marketing and those sorts of platforms at a time where, you know, people would struggle to spend five or $10 on a post. I was spending hundreds, you know, so it's one of those things that gave my vendors added value when listing with me because there was a whole other realm of advertising that they weren't getting with other agents. Also, you know, it was not only benefiting their listings, but it was also growing my brand at the same time as well. I think another thing that I found was just being really consistent. So, you know, consistency was the key. So I sort of a plan that Every listing, no matter if it was 200,000 or whether it was two to three million, it got treated the same in terms of the marketing processes that were put behind it. Obviously, there was a huge difference in the vendor paid marketing with those campaigns, but you know, my marketing that I would cover as an agent was the same across the board with all those listings. And I think that in itself just, you know, made a whole lot more clients, vendors, you know, buyers want to work with me. And I started seeing some, you know, really huge results probably about, I don't know, 12 to 18 months after putting that plan in place. One thing you said there that really resonates was the interest and commitment to investing in yourself, to marketing yourself. And it's a strange dichotomy, isn't it? Because we ask our vendors to do that all the time, invest in their marketing. And that's something we have to take on board as consultants as well. No, definitely. I think a lot of agents um, come into the role and, and feel like it's not their responsibility to market themselves as well. And at any other business you start, look how much people spend in marketing. And it, I think it's a no-brainer that, you know, if you put in 10 to 15% of what you earn per year, that, you know, after five or six years, it's really going to start to flourish or even sooner, you know. So I think it's just one of those things that if you make that commitment right from the start, it's going to enable you to really succeed in the industry. That's right. And recognition of the fact that you're playing the long game here too, also. Jeremy, your early sales successes in the business, are you able to remember any of them? Probably the one I remember the most is uh, my first auction. It was an on-site auction in Beerescourt Road. I was nervous. I've been practicing in front of the kids. They made me more nervous. I got on site and my father-in-law decided that um, it was a good idea to actually film it. 
the first auction. I can't even remember if I, she got any words out, but uh, we sold it under the hammer. Ravina Smith was reasonably uh, happy with the result. I think that she was the uh, the listing agent. So it was September 11, 2001. So it's a date which sticks with me as well. Yes. Have you still got the footage? Uh, I, I think David has it um, lying around uh, somewhere. Um, I have never watched it. <laughs> well, that feels like something special for the marketing newsletter come the end of the week. Christina, what about you? Have you had some early wins? Yeah, um, things I'd say have started off pretty well for me and I think that's a pretty large testament to working with Blair and, and Courtney. I've definitely got it good in the sense where how it's sort of set up for me um, working in a team versus working by myself as a solo agent, which um, I see huge, huge value in. Um, and that's something that I think people should definitely consider if they are looking into um, getting into the industry. Obviously, working with Blair, is, he is such a busy agent. He has a lot of excess work with, say, buyers that need to view properties that I tend to take on board just because I've obviously got the time. I've been really lucky in the sense that I've got a really good setup within my team and that has, yeah, I guess my earlier success over these first sort of six months is a large testament to that. Sounds like that team environment is really supporting your long-term success and that's been a great move for you. Yes, for sure. Definitely has. Fantastic. One thing that we get asked very often as real estate consultants is how do we go about purchasing our own homes? Because obviously we're seeing a lot of fantastic properties we know and have very specific views on where we see value. Let's start with you, Blair. Did you find your first home by accident or did working in real estate actually make it easier to start to plan to buy a property? I think the biggest thing was working in real estate. You know, you're buying and selling houses every day. So it's one of those things that I thought, well, I better actually uh, get my own house if I'm uh, selling everybody else's. So obviously it's a great way to know what's on the market and have, you know, wonderful market knowledge. But it's actually a bit of a double-edged sword because it comes back to bite you when you actually want to go and buy a property and suddenly vendors start going, well, why doesn't a real estate agent want to buy my property? Are they getting the, you know, unfair advantage or something like that? So it's actually quite a difficult process if you are wanting to buy your own property, especially off, you know, someone that say they've only sold, you know, one or two homes in their lifetime and suddenly an agent's wanting to buy their property. It does um, make things a bit harder when you're trying to get a good deal and negotiate that. But um, there are some rules and regulations in place that um, make it very transparent and possibly not the easiest on the agent uh, wanting to buy the property. But I did find my first home and yeah, it was one of those things that I saw it pop up. I was put into a multi-offer situation like any other um, purchaser would be. Had to pay over asking price to get my first home. Um, but yeah, I think it's one of those myths that people think uh, we, we see a lot of deals, which we sometimes see deals, but most of the time we're actually selling them out to our clients and trying to get those properties sold as opposed to um, actually benefit ourselves. Blair, how long have you been a property owner for? So I think I pitched my first property after I've been in the industry for about 11, 12 months. And do you mind sharing with us how old you were at the time? I think I was 21. Wow. Mm. Well, that's a, a tribute to hard work and success in the industry as a real estate consultant. That's fantastic. Really Thanks, impressive. Megan. Jeremy, what about you? Can you remember how you came to buy your first property? Well, look, working in real estate, it makes no difference to me about the way that we choose um, properties. Nick decides on them all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you work as a team and do it next way. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's the leader. Yeah, that's cut and dried. Thank you. Easy. So for all of you, what's one myth you'd like to bust or one home truth about working in real estate that you'd really like our listeners to take away? Christina. I think the main thing that I would kind of like to put into perspective is maybe just that I don't think it's quite all glitz and glam as to what some people may perceive it to be. So it's not all selling sunset. No, it's definitely wow. not all selling sunset, unfortunately. Realistically, there are a lot of late nights, a lot of long hours. Also, being newer into the industry, but I'm, I'm learning very quickly that there are a lot of hard conversations that have to be had, you know, particularly at the moment, say, with vendors. It's definitely not all glitz and glam, and, and there are definitely a lot of hard yards that I think um, a lot of people don't tend to see. Blair? Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you're kind of everybody all at once, you know. Um, we sell property for so many different reasons, you know, and dare I say it, there are sometimes negative reasons why people are selling property. So, you know, you've kind of got to be people's, you know, financial advisor, you know, counsellor and also real estate agent all at the same time. But one I think the biggest myths is probably uh, the spare time that a lot of people think we get, you know. Uh, they think we work all weekend doing open homes and then uh, Monday through to Wednesday is a bit of a breeze whereas um, Monday is probably one of my busiest days. So I think it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people don't understand, you know, they think we come list a property, take photos of it, then um, sit on a chair in an office and wait for the buyers to come to us, whereas every day we are doing something to make sure that we get a deal together on, you know, any one of those listings that we have at a time. You are so right. My own mother spent some time with me recently and she said at the end of it she had no idea how hard uh, real estate consultants worked, none at all, and she's bought and sold properties for many, many, many years. So, I think it's a real common myth. They just see the key steps to selling a property and they don't realise on what actually goes on behind the scenes to lead up to that you know, successful sale. I think that's probably paramount more in like an auction scene where, you know, you're marketing the property for three to four weeks, you know, and all of that, you can lead it to such a successful auction campaign on all the steps that you're doing behind the scenes, or it can be an absolute fail of an auction day by what goes on, you know. And that's why I think it's so important by, you know, what agent actually markets your property. Brilliant. Jeremy, is there a myth you'd like to bust or a home truth you'd like to Share. I don't think so, Megan. I think these two have covered it well enough. You know, what Blair says is right. And even when we sell a home that's only been on the market two days, a vendor only sees the two days that the, uh, the property was on the market. They didn't see the work that was done with the buyer to get them into a position to make a decision that quickly. And often that goes unnoticed and, and unseen. These guys work incredibly hard with buyers to put them in that sort of position. They work incredibly hard on finding those buyers and bringing them out of the woodwork. So I think they've covered it well enough. Yeah, certainly the um, preparation into a clean, effective marketing campaign is, is often underestimated. Now, team, back to our regular feature, which we shared at the start of the session, two truths and a lie. Starting with you, Blair, can you repeat yours? So the first one was um, buying your own property is easier when you're a salesperson. Um, The second one was if you work hard, it can be one of the best paying jobs around. And the third one is buyers and sellers don't take you seriously when you're too young. So, Christina, can you guess the lie there? Um, I'm going to guess that first one. 
Yeah, we kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. We did. We talked Probably about that. Probably didn't read but... the, read the script as well. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Christina. Uh, so my ones were: you are able to start working as an independent salesperson immediately upon receiving your real estate license. Secondly, you can work with a real estate agent when looking to purchase a property, not just sell, and it comes at no cost to you. Teams within real estate are all set up in varying ways and can be structured completely different from one another in regards to pay. So we'll just give our listeners a bit of time to consider that as the clock ticks. Right, Jeremy, what do you think was the lie there? The last one. The last one? First one. (laughs) The first one. The first one, yeah, that you're able to start working. Lock it in, Eddie. As, yeah. a, as an independent <laughs> salesperson immediately upon receiving your real estate license. Can you clarify that again? You study to get your real estate license, and that can take up to six months. And upon receiving that license, you are able to start working as a salesperson, but not independently. So there's a six-month period where you need to be supervised by your branch manager. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. You can't advise on a contract for the first six months. Ah, Yes, exactly. It was a a bit of a trick one. Clearly was a good yeah. good one. Nicely played. <laughs> okay. A little bit of a hard one, you know, when you when you first start, you obviously want to be experienced and come across as experienced as you can be, but obviously, you know, that's the steps in place here to make sure that the moving parts of a contract and agreement are, you know, all done properly throughout that first six-month period. Yeah, vendor protection and keeping mm. their best interests at heart. Yeah. The first one. <laughs> well done, Jerry. Can you edit that? Uh, <laughs> was, they're all too close for me. To like, There's too many words yeah. in all of those ones. Yeah. Jeremy, your uh, myths, please, and your home truth. So you have to have grown up in Hamilton to be successful in real estate here. You have to have the gift of the gab to be successful in real estate sales. And lastly, a strong work ethic and resilience are amongst the top habits for a real estate salesperson to have. I'm picking we've sort of covered that and um, I'm going to go forth and say that the lie is that you have to have grown up here and, and be domiciled in Hamilton forever until you can be effective in the market. Yeah, that's right. That is a myth. In the, I had two myths and a, lie, and a truth in there, Megan. So the second myth was you have to have the gift of the gab to be successful in real estate sales, and that's simply not true. We often think that a real estate salesperson is a slick-back guy who's gregarious and holds the uh, rest of the room, but it's not. It's simply not true. Our best salespeople are a lot more quietly spoken. They're very inquisitive about people. They ask a lot of questions because they are curious about uh, people and they solve the problems that people give them. So uh, they're not slick talking, they're just curious people. And very effective listeners. Very effective listeners, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, well we'll wrap it up there for today. Special thanks to Blair, Christina and Jeremy for your wisdom today and to our listeners, keep your eyes and ears out for our next episode. Thanks for joining us. Thanks Megan. Thank you Megan. Thank you Megan, well done. Thanks for joining us on the Lodge Real Estate Home Truths podcast. Learn more about today's topic and our panel guests by visiting our website, lodge.co.nz.